Hey, 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 it's B Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. So today we have an exciting guest that you may or may have not heard of. So Heidi, Heidi has an incredible story and she probably has something you want to learn because a lot of people want to learn how to start a bridal business. So I want to say welcome, Heidi. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so it's great. So, so Heidi just contact me, and it's great. We always love people to say, hey, you know, if you want to be on, you have a short uh, story to share. You want to be on the podcast. But, but Heidi's not only a hairstylist, but a freelance, you know, hair artist, has a bridal business. She's also a doula. And then we're going to talk more about that in the program. So we're going to jump right in, Heidi. So just okay. tell me a little bit about yourself and, and somewhat of your background. Yeah, so I've been doing hair for about my whole life, I should say, actually. Um, professionally, since I went to the Veda Institute, that was 10 years ago. But I was someone who was always doing everyone else's hair kind of on the side in high school. And even before that, I was doing my sister's hair for piano recitals and my Barbie's hair for fake proms that they were going to. So <laughs> I've always loved updos and I've always loved hair, but I always felt like is that a real career? Can I really do that? So it took me a long time to actually get to the place I'm at now because I went and got a four-year degree. I got some other certifications. I became a doula. I did a lot of different stuff before I committed to becoming <laughs> a cosmetologist and actually doing the career that I totally love and is a legit career. <laughs> so it just took a while for me to get to that point and get over some of the stigmas I think that I had in my head about doing that. So yeah. Wow, it sounds like you've had an exciting journey, and I know this podcast is going to probably be packed with so much information and and bubbling over. And and ever since I kind of read your stuff, it's like this is a person I have to meet. This is a person I want to talk to. This is a person with a a wealth of knowledge. And I think our empowerment podcast, you 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 guys are really going to enjoy. You know what Heidi has to say today. So, do you think that um, doing hair was always a calling for you that you felt that kind of on your heart that it kind of like this is what I'm gonna do no matter what or did you kind of go down different avenues and then say this is this is it for me yeah it took a while for me to actually say this can be a calling and this can be the way that I serve people and that I spend mm -hmm. my life because mm -hmm. it was just a hobby and it was a passion and it was fun and it was just what I always did on the side and what I was naturally good at mm -hmm. but not what I thought I could make money doing so okay. it wasn't until I started working with more brides and working in the wedding industry more mm -hmm. where I saw wow I can really impact people here and mm -hmm. I can really use this job to not only serve brides and their wedding parties, but also hiring a team that's worked with me now, I can actually provide income for other hairstylists mm -hmm. who want to do what I do as well. And that can be really, that was really empowering for me too, to realize that I can help someone else live a life that they love and has flexibility and that they can provide for their family too. So that's when it started to become more of like, oh yeah, this is something that I feel like I've had a gift and a passion for my whole life. And now it's actually flourishing into how I can spend my days. Mm -hmm. So with your beauty business though, you also offer not just hair. Do you offer other services like makeup and things like that as well? Yes. Yeah. So about 
four years ago, I realized that every bride that was contacting me was also and asking who does makeup and who wants to help me. And what I ended up doing then was after realizing I was bringing somebody in almost every wedding was deciding mm -hmm. to hire um, makeup artist to work with me too, because that's not my area of expertise. So now I have um, a lead makeup artist who's kind of my go-to gal and then another makeup artist on my team as well. So I can just focus on hair. Yeah, and that's perfect. And I think that's what a lot of us realize. And I think too, as stylists, we try or salon owners or freelancers, we try to do everything ourselves. And you know, from your own experience, sometimes you need to expand. And like you said, now these other people have a source of income, not only yourself, but also these other people you're empowering. And it saves you trying to go to YouTube, you know, watch a makeup video and say, I'm a makeup <laughs> artist. Because yeah, obviously, you know, with the training yeah, and going to a beta that, that we, you know, we're experts and people and bridal, I think bridal is so tough because you had that one shot, mm -hmm. even if they come for a trial, but you have that one shot. And obviously mm -hmm. you have different types of brides, which we'll probably talk about today. You know what I yeah. mean? Because everybody's a little bit different in how they are. And sometimes they're the nicest person when they come, but on their wedding day, they're nervous. They've got everything yep. in their head of what has to go on. And you're yes. the person that's right there that like, would you say you're like their psychologist or, or what's a, a typical that, a so what would be your process? So if a bride would call you, what would be the bride's process with you? To go through a booking process? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So usually they inquire through my website and we kind of go back and forth on, am I available? How big is their wedding party? Where's their wedding party? And all that sort of stuff. And then um, almost always we sign a contract first so they can mm -hmm. secure their date and then set up the trial closer to their wedding date. And something that I do that's a little unique is I have a no risk deposit. Oh, so wow. they can put down their deposit and I will give them a full refund if they do their trial with me and they're not happy. And I just oh. feel like sometimes personalities just don't mesh and I don't want them to feel uncomfortable on their wedding day. And I would mm -hmm. rather give them all their deposit back and have them find someone else that's a better fit. So I feel like I have pretty good success because people trust me in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm really willing to work really hard to make sure they're really happy, even if it's not with me. So mm -hmm. that's my typical process for getting going. No, but that's something very honorable too, because most people are like, I need a 50% deposit from you. And if you don't, I'm not going to give you any money back. I'm just going to keep it. But then again, like you say, maybe there's a personality sort of thing, or you're not able to do what they want. So I think it's a good way. Mm -hmm. So instead, like even I think the wedding day, it's saving you, uh, the artist, some extra stress as well. Because if you're stressed out yes, about doing this bride's sure. hair, and it's not something you're really comfortable with, but they're just like, I need to get somebody close. I'm just going to call the first person that says yes. I don't mm -hmm. think, like I say, it's not always right just about taking the money and doing it. You should do it when you know right. you can flourish and you can give them the best. So when they're, when they, it's, I think it's the same when they put on that wedding dress, they just know it's that one. I think it's the same with exactly. the hairstyle. It really, would you say, kind of represents them on their wedding day, like, who they are, who they're becoming, the journey yes. they're taking. It it's clicks. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just clicks for them. And you can see it when you do a trial and you, you nailed it, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> all across their face, you know? So. <laughs> so how easy it is, do you think from the trial to the wedding day, how easy it is, how easy is it to replicate the same? Yeah, so I take a lot of pictures okay. and I actually make some pretty detailed notes for myself. Mm -hmm. Now that my wedding business has grown, I don't remember 
who I did. No, so right. even if I think, oh, this bride is so memorable, I'm not going to forget her. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible. Six months later, it no. leaves me. So I take really good notes on not only their, a little bit about them, so mm -hmm. I can kind of jog yeah. my memory, but mm -hmm. also my technique so I can remember how I did that. Oh, perfect. I think too, what it is, is you're, you're also in that moment. So when you're with them, you're just in that moment. Everything else clears away. You're in the moment with them. And a lot of times then you do forget after just because you're so focused on what you're doing and not focused on everything else. You're just focused on the person in right. your chair, doing the best you can, doing the techniques. Um, so when you went to, when you went to Aveda, how did you find the training? What was your first day like? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Are you like, I got this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I was so excited to go to Aveda. I had been driving yeah. past the building for years, and I was 25 when I went yeah. back, and it just felt like, yes, I'm finally pursuing this dream. So I was pumped. Yeah. And actually, I'd been cutting my friend's hair in, in college. I've been, I was doing that for a long time. So I felt a little confident, uh, maybe overly <laughs> so, going into it, because I definitely learned a ton. Yeah. Um, and, you know, beauty school can be a little bit like – 13th grade. It was mm -hmm. a little challenging as a 25-year-old yeah. to be with a lot of people right out of high school. Mm -hmm. But overall, the content, I just ate it up. And I, mm -hmm. I just loved it. So I knew it was right. I knew I was in the right place when I got there. Yeah, I love the Aveda Institute. I'm here at Toronto, Canada. So we also have an Aveda here. I've actually gone a couple of okay. times and had my hair cut there just, just because I'm an yeah. educator. So I like to go and see what the students are doing, right? And it's just... Because then they totally. don't know. Here, you're you're a platform artist. You're a, you know, I mean, you're you're a celebrity stylist. You're this. So I don't tell them any of that. But I just like to see how the how the process yes, is. Yes, how things go. Exactly, and and kind of what what are the schools teaching now, and and just to kind of keep in the loop and and that sort of thing. So I find it's really fun. I have a lot of friends that work with with Aveda as educators and things like that too. So. You know, yeah. it's, I think that's the thing. It's always that when you make that decision, I'm going to do something, I'm going to go for it. Um, you know, and as I say, like probably a lot of people are a little bit overconfident because you like, I can do this. I've done my friend's hair. I've done my family's hair. Mm -hmm. I know how to do hair. Why do I even need totally. to go to school? <laughs> like, yeah, like, totally. They're just going to pass me. I'm going to walk in. They're going to say you're brilliant and here's your diploma. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> But but did you find, how did you find some of the other students that you trained with? Were they as passionate about hair or were they just kind of there? What was your mix of the group that you trained with? It was a lot of people who had tried college and it didn't go well for them because okay. I started in January. Um, so it felt like it was like half people who were kind of trying to figure out their path and then half people who were excited about hair and have wanted to do it for a long time and had a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was a mix and there was a, a handful of dropouts oh, okay. and actually when I look at my graduating class, I'm like, there's not that many people who are actually doing this as yeah. a career now. And, and so, still, and still doing I don't know it. what it takes exactly, mm -hmm. but right, yeah. right it, 10 I, years I guess, later. So. I guess it either clicks or, or it doesn't. Cause when I went to school, it was funny because when I went to school, I actually, I didn't even want to do hair. <laughs> so I wanted to be in the arts and do. Oh, something. no kidding. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought if at least if I can't, sure. so for me to be an actor, if I couldn't be on stage, at least I could do hair and work backstage, 
right? But of course, it's all that thing mm-hmm. too. So when you tell your family, I'm going to be, you know, an actor, they're like, you know, okay, get a real job. And then I said, okay, I'm going to be a hairstylist. <laughs> right. That was even worse than being an actor. <laughs> you know, it's like, totally. okay, you know, sort of thing. And so I went to school. I did the first year because I thought, okay, i am gone to school. I'll do at least for a year. So I did it for a year. Then I did it for five years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you make your new goals. But then I became a, a competition stylist. I competed for eight years, became a platform artist, became a celebrity stylist. So because I was either okay. going to be, uh, say, like in the arts or be a shrink. That was my other one. So where where this, I find here, I, you must find the same thing, that you're an artist, but you're also there, almost psychologists sometimes too, where, you know. They'll tell you a lot of stuff. They'll mm-hmm. tell you stuff, right? And it's, and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you've had five bridal, bridal trials now. I think we're good. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but. So what, how do you find the main experience with a lot of the brides that you get? Are most of them nervous? Are most of them, they know what they want, they bring in pictures, they have a clear idea, or they say, you're the artist, I leave it in your hands, just do whatever you want? Sure. So I find now with Pinterest and Instagram, I mean, I've been doing updos for 13 years. And when I first started, I was the one that brought magazines and I had my own portfolio of Polaroid pictures that I brought. But now with so much access to updos, a lot of brides bring a good amount of examples of things that they want or they've been dreaming of. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the occasional bride that says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm in your hands. I totally trust you. Yeah. And then you kind of got to figure out what they really want. So um, I feel like I get a good mix, a good mix of it. And then of course, you know, you see the same things, same things yes. that are trending. And I feel like mm-hmm. I end up doing the same 50 updos over and over and over too. Mm -hmm. So you get really good at those things as well because people want, people don't want things that are out of the box. Brides don't usually. Yeah. And if something, like you say, if it's something trending, but that's how they feel. I think it's the same probably for bridal wear and gowns and stuff. They see the same, (laughs) the dress and then it's like, wow, because they see the picture and they think they're going to look exactly like the picture, right? right? The hair is going to be like the picture, even if they don't have enough hair or they have way too much hair and they think, but so for, for a bride that really is indecisive, how do you handle that? Like really indecisive? (laughs) Yeah. So I've had a few of those and that can be super challenging because sometimes it's like, they just, they don't know what they want and they won't know what they want. So Mm -hmm. what I do, I do a couple things and I feel like this has helped. It Mm -hmm. is One, I offer them many trials and I try to do it all on the same day. So often if you do one and you realize, okay, I've tried three or four things, it's just not landing. Mm -hmm. I'll do a second trial and keep a lot of time out so I can really give them a lot of options, which, you know, it's tedious. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work, but it pays off because then they feel like they've explored all the options. And then the other thing that I think is really helpful is to tell them to bring family and their friends in to help kind of get mm-hmm. outside opinions and affirmation. And I find that if they still don't know on by the wedding day mm-hmm. that their friends will help them pick that out. And I know that I can kind of rally the team to sort of affirm right. the style Be supportive, that, maybe, say that looks great best, on you. I think they're leaning toward mm-hmm. totally. I- Cause sometimes, you know, that person is not going to, they're not going to know. They just aren't. And they're probably like that about everything. So mm-hmm. it's not you, it's them. And you just have to be really yeah. patient. Yeah. And I think what it is, is they, they want their day perfect and they don't want to make the mm-hmm. wrong decision because if it's not right, mm-hmm. it's going to potentially ruin their whole day. 
even though you know that you right. know things are going to go things are going to go as planned i've had as i say i say i've done a lot of brides and the same i've had brides where you know somebody went to pick up the cake and they they were getting at the bakery the whole top of the cake slid right off and they're like <laughs> You know, there, there's all kinds of stuff that happens and you're right there with them. Plus you have to keep them calm because you don't want any backlash because now they're upset that totally this has happened and you're like just there doing your thing. And, yes. and do you find that some brides though have unreal, unrealistic expectations or they, they see this bride that has these big, like it's really high, like the, the hair is really high and you do that <laughs> less and they're like, that's, you know, so how do you handle that type of thing? Like, wait, that's not actually what I wanted. Yeah. yeah so I really try to be super honest right up mm -hmm. front. So if I see that they're, all their pictures are blondes and they're brunette, mm -hmm. just that off the bat can be something that can be challenging because it's just going to look different on them. They're not going to mm -hmm. see the texture. They're not going to see the details in the way that they're looking at in the picture. So I try to be really honest about what I can and cannot do. And then explore options. So, like, if mm -hmm. they have something, for example, that the back and they have, like, zero hair mm -hmm. and it's to their shoulders, yes. I can say, this is realistically going to take this amount of extensions or mm -hmm. this is the way that we can achieve this look from the front that you like, but we have to modify the back. So, just trying to set up really realistic expectations from the get-go so you mm -hmm. don't um, have to over promise and then under deliver. It can be the other way around where exactly. you're under promising and then over delivering at the end. Mm -hmm. And it's nice too, to be able to use pieces, yeah. incorporate pieces, or just say, Hey, what do you like from this picture? And then we can say, yes, with your bone structure, this would work. Or, you know, what type of wedding? I think it all depends too, what type of wedding they have as well. Is it a country and Western mm -hmm. theme? Is it 18th century? Is it like, they're just going to let loose and they're going to do tons of dancing. Is it very reserved? Right. I think that really makes a difference mm -hmm. in the hair as well. Um, when people come to you, yeah. because if they're saying, I want this and you know, they're going to be shaking all night and it, <laughs> you know, it, it, it might but, not last. Yeah. But do you have, do you have some go-to products that you like that you find that works well, like for getting texture into the hair or, you know, that sort of thing that you normally use? Yeah, so I've been using bedhead products for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. They have a really great flexible hairspray called Masterpiece, and I use okay. that for all prep. And I feel like that just works mm -hmm. really well. Um, I can brush through it. It's really workable. Partly, I have a pretty strong um, allergy to a lot of hairsprays. Uh, I just get really nauseous from them. Mm -hmm. So I have to pick something that works well that, that I'm going to be breathing in for hours. That's right. And that's something that I've, I've used, and it's been okay. But mm -hmm. as far as texture sprays, Kenner has the best, in my opinion. They have this okay. great dry texture spray. Big Sexy Hair has a one called Play Dirty that I really like. It's mm -hmm. a little bit heavier, so it's better for thick yeah. hair. Mm -hmm. But um, those are kind of my go-to. Those three brands, I sort of mm -hmm. mix them up. The Kenra, the Big yeah. Sexy Hair, and the Bedhead brand, um, and pick and choose sort of what works well for me in those product lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would depend, I guess, on the texture of hair and the type of style they're looking for. If it's sort of loose and soft, or yeah. it's tight curls, or it's very sleek and and you know tight, I guess that makes a difference in your right, product polished. choice as well. Yeah, and some people like the yeah. Messy I just like to have a lot of stuff in my kit. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. And that's, I think you just have to be prepared for everything. I just, I have a huge kit and I just want to be 
like I, I want to have everything ready to go. I want to have powders. I want to have different types of texture spray. I want to have different hairsprays. I want to have mm -hmm. polishing sprays. Mm -hmm. I want to have pomades. You know, yeah. I have a little scissors. I have hair extensions. Oh, I have wow. all the things <laughs> because you just never know what's going to come up. Yep. And I don't ever want to be like, man, I could do that if I had A, B, or C, but I don't. So yeah. I carry a big kit, but... Yeah, and I guess better. that's that's something people don't realize too, like the value of having some little hair nets or having some stuff. So if you want to create some hide and some yes. make an instant bun, if you don't have like a piece or you know something to put the whole, yes. the the donuts or something like that, you're able to make it and then get lift, you know, around it and give the illusion that they have, you know, they have exactly. hair. <laughs> exactly, I think that's, and you can just keep cheap hair. You don't have to have nice extensions. You can just mm -hmm. have five dollar synthetic yep. hair that you can just wrap up and ball in there and exactly. you know yeah. that doesn't cost you anything no and that's a great idea too and just to kind of have the little pieces there um how do you go about accessories do you provide accessories do you look for accessories do you find different like say if some people want some little jewels or do you kind of do yeah. you make your own yes so i have um a lot in my studio and so they can purchase them for me or they can just try them on and we can take pictures with them and then they can go find one on their own so you know a lot of times when they're dress shopping or they're looking for jewelry or something that that shop will sell it as well mm -hmm. or like Etsy um, has a lot of custom pieces so I find that brides like to see an example of what it could look like so I like mm -hmm. that I have a plethora of um, things for them mm -hmm. to try on and then yeah if they want to purchase it from me they can mm -hmm. do that as well yeah well it's nice too I think even if you're not only doing but do you also do not just the bride but you also do the wedding party as well correct right mm -hmm. yeah so if you got yeah, everybody because they may I do say, everybody and flower girls yeah. moms mm -hmm. so that's nice too because sometimes the bride yeah, wants I mean, maybe they a, want something Exactly. So they may want a tiara, but then maybe their color scheme is blue. So you could have little pieces and make some things with some blue stones or whatever that you could have to match all them. Because they may not want to buy, um, you know, something from the, the shop, but they may want little accent pieces or just some little pins with some jewels or some, you know, some, some bling on it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, those, the other thing that I've been doing a lot is flowers too. So okay. a lot of people want some real flowers in their hair. So that's mm -hmm. something that I suggest they talk to their florist about and have their florist save out a few flowers from their bouquet or from the, the spreads that they're going to have on the table. And then if they wrap wow. the bottoms of them in flower tape, they'll be ready for you to stick into the hair just mm -hmm. with the bobby pin. So that's another idea that brides can use too. Yeah. And that's a perfect way to kind of incorporate the theme too. And then it all kind of blends and matches you know, in for a nice kind of flow. So we're going to just jump a little bit because I know people are yeah. excited about the bridal and we have something in store at the end for you guys. So hang on, <laughs> we're going to jump ahead. Hey. But, but so going from hair to incorporating being a doula, how does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, so similar. <laughs> yes. Well, I, long story short, when I was at Aveda, my sister had her first baby. I was there for her birth. One of my best friends had her first baby. I was there. And actually, I was working on a client when I was at the Aveda Institute, and I was telling them how excited I was about birth, and she told me what a doula was, and I had never heard of it before. Um, it's basically a labor coach, and you're helping emotionally and physically support moms in labor for those mm -hmm. that don't know what a doula is. And I got so excited about it, and so I just started slowly pursuing it while I was at Aveda, actually, to get my certification and doing it sort of on the side. And I 
ended up um, getting certified and really long story short, mm -hmm. I worked in a salon for four years after Aveda and I ended up quitting the salon to be a doula full time and do wedding hair on the side. <laughs> and so that was sort of my transition out of the salon was going okay. to be a doula and a little bit of wedding hair on the side. Mm -hmm. But um, doula, being a doula and being a wedding hairstylist are surprisingly similar because oh. you're with women on the biggest days of their life. Mm -hmm. And even though birth you know, is a much more intense experience <laughs> maybe yes. than getting married, they're both really significant moments and I get to bear witness to those mm -hmm. moments and that is so precious to me and I've actually done a lot of people's wedding hair who I went on to be their doula for their first baby which oh, is wow. really cool <laughs> and so I've really been able to be on this journey with women so for me it just really resonates with who I am and how I like to serve women and um, like I said bear witness to something that's really beautiful and amazing that's happening in their lives so mm -hmm. they seem really different but for me they kind of go hand in hand yeah exactly because when you say you have that connection like because you're dealing also with their emotional state not just a physical state mm -hmm. but the emotional state you know what yes. i mean it's a physical process both the wedding and the 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 birth but yet it's the mind so i yes. think probably those techniques because when you're dealing with women as a doula in their most intense state you can carry that same training to brides when as I say some of them yes. that are getting overwhelmed it's a wedding day it's happening now they're in the chair and it's finally like hitting them because even sometimes I think yes. with, with doing the trial it doesn't hit you yet until it's like really happening you're going through the process but it, it probably seems surreal and then when it's like this is the final time I'm going to walk down the aisle it's like then probably all the stuff happens I'm getting cold Definitely. feet what's happening <laughs> Yes, there's so much that comes up. And one of the biggest, actually the biggest compliments that I ever have gotten from brides, and it's happened more than once, is that I've been a calm presence for them on their wedding day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if that's all that I do, that's, that's enough. Because mm -hmm. that means a lot that I can help do that for brides. Because you're the first person that they're spending time with on their wedding day. And I feel like you have a lot of power as the hairstylist to set the tone and help mm -hmm. them kind of get ready in a really peaceful way or you can make it stressful so don't be the person that makes it stressful exactly. be the person that helps make them calm you know and that's exactly and that's huge because I think a lot of us um, some people they're just they dread when they see a bride coming or they have to do wedding hair or they're like they just don't like up to's you know what I mean yeah. and they're stressed and I think to the person that's going to them just because they say they may work at a salon and you have no choice they're like hey we got this wedding party coming in you're doing it or you're doing right. like a person right. from the wedding and if you're already stressed yourself people can feel that they they can feel it um, um yes. because they know and say like being a calm being a calm like even so but i think the best way probably what would you say for a stylist what's their best way if they don't think they're good at doing updos or how would they overcome dealing with a client when they're not feeling confident in themselves sure so i think that one thing i mean just off the bat to get more confident in doing updos, you just got to practice. And that's probably a no-brainer, but that's kind of just the skill level needs to come from a lot of practice. And then your job in the trial, I think, is to figure out not only if you're a good fit, 
for the bride, but if the bride is a good fit for you. So like we talked about in the beginning, you're going to feel nervous and uncomfortable if you feel like you're not a good fit for that bride. So I think it's better if you do a trial run with a bride and you're just like, I can't execute like we talked about earlier. I don't feel comfortable with this style. I'll recommend you to somebody else because you're not going to feel confident. You're not going to be able to be that calm presence for somebody if you're not feeling like you can do what they want you to do. So mm -hmm. I think it's better just to be honest and say, you know what, this is out of my wheelhouse, especially when you're just starting out. So mm -hmm. be upfront and then, you know, you can operate out of your skill level rather than trying to do something that you know you're going to be nervous about and mm -hmm. feel unsure about. Yeah. And I think for, for the client or the bride, she may say, okay, thank you for being honest. You know, are you comfortable with a couple of curls? And they may have you, they'll go to someone else and maybe have you do the flower girl or have you do, you right, know, the, or you the, can be the assistant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and I think, yeah, assisting and that's it because I think, isn't that the best way to learn when you're even handing pins or just watching how do people twist things? How did they get this to mold? How do yes. I do a front successfully? I think, would you say that's probably one of the most difficult parts? Not, not a matter of, of stabilizing the hair, but making the mm -hmm. front into <laughs> something yes. That, yes. That's, that's workable or nice that blends into you know, every, everything yes. else. I think that's And the most challenging thing about the front is that you don't know how that person feels most comfortable. So you could do something beautiful on the front and they're like, nope, because it's just not their thing. And we all have our little ways that we like to have our hair in the front of our face and mm -hmm. so it's really important to be confident with them holding a mirror in front of them as you're helping them figure out where they want that hair to lay in front mm -hmm. and asking a lot of questions about where they part their hair, how much hair they want down around their face do they like their ears mm -hmm. to show do they like their ears to be covered do they feel like they have a big forehead like all mm -hmm. those little things mm -hmm. you need to ask up front so you can really execute something good in the front mm -hmm. for them in front of a mirror because <laughs> if you just try to surprise them that makes people nervous oh, yeah. i think one tip is to have them hold a hand mirror while you're working on the front because it's it's a little nerve wracking, but they'll feel really confident in you if they feel like you've mm -hmm. nailed it in the front. Then you can just relax yeah. and work on the yeah. back and work on details once you get that front down, you know? Exactly. And I think that's what it is because a lot of people wait, they do the front last or you mean then going through first and say, okay, this mm -hmm. is how I need to in incorporate it. But I guess like with your fringe or with the bangs, it's such a small area, but it's such a big thing that people don't concentrate yes. on i think a lot of them can concentrate on making it beautiful in the back where the bride can't see it mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's like okay right. we're running out of time got the next one let's just do this way you go right <laughs> you know right. but but, but it and is not to say that you can't oh sorry go ahead no go 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 yep <laughs> I was just going to say, not to say that you can't save the front for last, because I do that a lot too, but yeah. I will get the hair set in front. So maybe putting it in a curl or something. So I'm going to get some good volume and then making sure, like you said, that you're not spending all your time on the back. You really need mm -hmm. to give them a lot of attention to the front because that's, mm -hmm. that's what they see and that's mm -hmm. what pictures see. So yeah. that's really, really important. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it. And probably you would do this obviously during your trial as well. So you know what they're comfortable with, what they like. They may think yes. I have a large forehead. I need, you know, I need this sweeping or, or as I say, I have an alternate or say they want this sweeping style, but maybe their bangs are here. You know what I mean? So yeah. then do you yeah. incorporate some of the hair behind? Do you clip in another piece? 
do you, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And I guess you find out, are they wearing, you know, what kind of hair accessories are wearing? Are they wearing a hat? Are they wearing, you know, certain things or they want it on a certain side? I guess there's so much more to a trial than, Hey, come, let's just try a couple things. There's really right. much more in depth knowledge that you need. And, and, and right. I, I don't think you can probably like have the idea and say, I'm going to open up a bridal business and it happens like that. There's probably a lot more. Work no, it takes some it. time. <laughs> yes. But, but yes. the, but the great thing is because with your years of experience, it'd be great to have, you know, anybody who's interested in a bridal business learn from someone who's already done it because you've already done it. So you're eliminating the curve. <laughs> of you know mm -hmm. what to do how how to go with the process how to um you know how to achieve different things or or even the contract that you said like most people don't do a contract at all the stuff isn't laid out what you need in a contract what should be in a contract and most people are like okay you want to come and then they're like oh, okay my person didn't show up you know and and i think we should know Terrible. too what would happen if you know, the bride, and I've had that before where a bridal party came an hour late and had another bridal party right after them. And they had hair down mm -hmm. thick past their waist, then wanted it shampooed, <laughs> oh, no. dried, and curled, and put, you know what I mean? So these are, these are challenges yeah. that happen. And I also came in early because I know, actually, I came for 5.30. They were late. They didn't come till 7.30. So they're two hours late. And then I had another wedding oh, party. Gosh. Yep. At my, at the normal time, right? Like Terrible. for 8.30. So it's it's good to know what to do over challenges like that and what policies to put in place. And, and do, do you have a no-show policy if somebody bails on you? But at least mm -hmm. does the, the cover of the, sorry, does the contract that you have kind of cover those incidents? Uh, if yeah. So occur? aside from having, I told you guys about the risk. Yeah free trial or the risk-free deposit but that yeah. deposit does protect me if they decide to cancel the wedding or mm -hmm. switch stylist or something without telling me so okay. at least I have the deposit that kind of makes mm -hmm. up for that day and what I have found in my experience is having all my expectations written clearly out in a contract mm -hmm. they view you as a professional they know they're hiring a professional vendor they feel more secure hiring you and you're mm -hmm. gonna weed out even brides that are sort of wishy-washy or mm -hmm. that aren't looking for a professional service that are just looking for a cheap service and so then you end up having you're working with better brides mm -hmm. actually because they feel more secure with having a contract with you and then um, you can put in things in place like you said like a, a late fee or I have a blow dry fee if they come with their hair wet um, I reserve the right to charge $25 a person mm -hmm. for me having to blow dry their hair because that takes extra time and can throw uh -huh. everything off so just having things like that in the contract really help mm -hmm. keep you safe and also keep your bride mm -hmm. feeling confident in you as a stylist yeah and those are really good points because a lot of times a lot of stylists will just do it They'll just blow dry it. They won't charge. They won't, you know, do any mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. And like you said, but it makes you more of a professional. They're hiring a professional. And and the biggest thing I got usually a lot of times, people call around, what do you charge? <laughs> well, it's like, mm -hmm. I haven't seen your wedding party. I don't know what you want. I don't know what your hair is like. Do I need to add pieces in? You know, so some people will just call around and whoever will do it cheapest, that's where they go unfortunately but I, I guess right. with that like you said right you get better brides better quality service and those brides are willing to pay a little bit more because they want a professional and they want the best they're mm -hmm. not like 
where can we go just to, um, you know, just to find somewhere to go. And I know people listening because exactly. we, we uh, titled this one, how to start a bridal business. So Heidi, you have something special that you've done. So anybody who's listening, Heidi has done very something special for you. So anybody who wants to learn how to be in the bridal business, um, Heidi has a course for you that you, you can sign up for. Uh, we have a link here as well. I'm going to um, have Heidi tell you a little bit more about it, kind of what kind of content is in there, what things you're going to learn, just a little general overview. So I know you're getting excited already because <laughs> I am, because I want in now. <laughs> sign me up, yes. sign me up before we even post this link. Sign me up. <laughs> because yes. because when you say like even updos could be a very financially rewarding, even emotionally, physically rewarding, like when yes. you're going through the process and the lives you're changing, I think more than that, it's the lives you're changing. And you, mm -hmm. you also, as a doula, you're, you're seeing life created, you know, right. and, then, right. and, and mm -hmm. with the other, you're also creating new life. You're now you're empowering that bride. You're making them feel special on their, their, like you said, like their best, best, like pivotal, <laughs> pivotal days in their yes. lives. Cause once they say I do, that's going to change their course, you know, of their totally. life. Totally. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So yes. I'll, I'll hand it over to you to Heidi. So kind of, you can mention the link, what it's kind of all about that you have. And because if you've been listening so far, you know, Holly is professional. Uh, Heidi, oh, my name, my brain is going crazy, but no problem. Uh, Heidi, Heidi, yeah. brain, brain. <laughs> But Heidi is a professional. You've been listening to her. You've been listening to her stuff. Even if you just listen to this podcast, all the all the nuggets that she's given you, you would probably pay thousands just to learn the same stuff that you've heard on this podcast. So I'm going to give it over to Heidi now. She's going to tell you a little bit about the bri uh, the bridal business. And yeah, there you go. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So I started to have a lot of other hairstylists ask me how I can get into this business and do the bridal hair. And so I ended up creating something called the Updo Collective, which is a community for other freelance hairstylists who are excited about doing updos and weddings or who are wanting to get into that more, to have a community where we can learn about business, we can grow together, we can support each other because it can be kind of lonely and we're the only ones who are working. And so it's nice to have other people that you can bounce ideas off of, who you can lament with her, you can just kind of talk about how to troubleshoot situations. So Top Do Collective um, is just for that. And what I created for your listeners is um, a special link for the course that I created on how to start your own bridal business. And that is at theupdocollective.com slash hairstylist empowerment podcast. And it's a sign up for pre-sale of the course that's going to be happening um, this spring. And I will give everyone on your, um, with this link that signs up a discount on the course as soon as it goes live. But even in the meantime, the Updo Collective you can get some free downloads. I have YouTube videos on how to do updos. I'm sending out um, a newsletter twice a month that's talking about just business tips and running your own bridal business. So if you go to that website, updocollective.com, you can get on that website and get on the um, list so you can get updates. And then I have Instagram page as well. And every um, updo that I post, I just give some technique tips on how I did that. So yeah, I just really wanted to create the space for people who want to get into this world and don't know where to start because it's not taught in 
um, cosmetology school. And the other thing that I found is that when you ask other people in your area who are successful, they're not going to tell you <laughs> because it's competitive and it doesn't need to be competitive. There's enough brides to go around, but I found like I was hitting so many walls when I tried to reach out and ask for help and I wasn't getting it. And so I just kind of worked on it on myself. And after doing five, six years, I started to figure it out. <laughs> and now I really want to be able to share that with other people, help other people start this business because it really can be financially freeing to be outside of the salon where you're making hourly or maybe making commission. And the bridal industry is pretty lucrative and you can easily have a family and to spend more time with your family and friends by mm -hmm. working weddings rather than working 40, 50, 60 hours a week mm -hmm. in a salon setting. So that's kind of what my goal is and what I want to create for other people is this space to be able to learn how to do what I do because I love it. And I think it's the best job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing too, because somebody who they went to school, they like hair, but they're not big on coloring. They're not big on doing foils. Mm -hmm. They're not big on cutting, but at least, but they mm -hmm. love styling. Right? They mean. love blowing hair. They love, you know, mm -hmm. styling, but you're saying you can make a career out of it that just doing updos and bridal yes. alone you can be financially free potentially you can set your own price range you can be your own independent entity mm -hmm. that you don't have to work 40 50 60 70 hours in a salon you know where you can kind of set and if you have a family you you can spend more time with your family if you want to take a vacation you can take a vacation you don't have to go and put in a, a you know a, a a request to your boss to say hey i need this day off if you need to go you can just you can just go you know and that's Yes. Because you're the epitome of really what this this podcast is. You're empowering people. You've done it yourself. So you're not just teaching ideas. You're teaching practical application of the stuff mm -hmm. you've done. So anybody yes. getting in, so we'll make sure you have that link. And we'll, we'll mention it again at the end of the show. But if you get in, it's going to, Heidi's going to probably you know, show you everything you need to know. Perhaps I, I'm I'm I haven't even asked her, but she yes. may do some email coaching. She may do yes. something if you need to contact her. You can probably work something out, and you could say, "Hey Heidi, I need help with this." Or like when you're in the program, then she probably has. Yes. Extra and that's the thing with this course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's ten modules. It's walking you through step by step how to start from the beginning, from creating your name to setting up your website, all the way to how to network, how to get started on marketing. And I have my email available along the way. So anywhere you get stuck, I'm more than happy to one-on-one -on -one coach people and help them troubleshoot. Um, because I just think there is not enough resources mm -hmm. of people who are willing to walk with people on yeah. this journey. So yeah, I'm more than wow. happy to do that. Wow. You really, you really have everything in here because I thought, okay, it's just more about just the updo itself, maybe how to deal with brides, but you're also telling them really how to do the business part and even the networking mm -hmm. part. Nobody tell in school, I'll tell you, in school, they don't tell you how to be successful. They don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. They don't teach you how to network with people. They don't teach you, you know, and, and a lot of people end up, they finish school and they go to a corporate salon and they end up that corporate mm -hmm. salon for however time, but then you end up yep. working for minimum wage for years and years and years and you're never really yes. free, you know, where with Heidi, she's free. 
She's free. She do. Mm -hmm. She she does what she loves, and she loves hair, but she also loves being a doula. She loves, you know, what I mean, being with her family. She loves enjoying life, which allows her to do that. She's not stuck working seventy hours in a salon for someone else. She took charge of her life. She's creating her life. She's making those pivotal decisions that says, "Hey, I'm worth more than just you know being being you know a factory cookie cutter." hairstylist. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, but but you're allowing you're allowing people to be creative. You're allowing people to be um you know, just and really, as I say, this is sometimes I get really passionate. I have to hold myself back. But but that's why we cre I created this empowerment podcast for hairstylists because there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we're not yes. taught and we pay thousands and you know, every listen, we pay thousands yes. to go to school and yes, yes. We, we learn how to cut color perm, do the basics, but they do not teach you how to succeed. They do not teach you how to open a business. What do they teach you? Location, 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 <laughs> you know, and that's, sell, and that's sell, a, sell. exactly. And, and so retail. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make more money, mm -hmm. sell more retail, do more clients. Mm -hmm. You go to your boss, I need a rate, sell more retail you know, do more clients, mm -hmm. do more service. But is, is that really working, you know, smarter or is it just working harder? And then you really don't get anywhere mm -hmm. at the, the end of the day. But I think having Heidi here has been a gift and a blessing. I'm so glad I had the chance to meet her. I'm so glad that she reached out to me and the, the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast because she really is all about empowerment. She really is. And I think too, you have a gift that you want to share with people and that's part of your serving that you really want to, because you've done it, you want other people to be able to do it too. That, that you, mm -hmm. you get them yes. out of where they're trapped. You get them out of where they're, you know, where they are. And if you're stuck right now and you love updos, you know what I mean? As I say, we have the link here. You can find Heidi on social media and we'll post her links there as well. If you want to shoot her a thing and say, hey, I really love the podcast, you know, let's connect. Or as I say, I, I can't wait until, you know, the course comes out in the spring. But follow her stuff. She has lots of tips. She has an amazing website, just her personal website, you know, just to kind of see, you know, how she does things. Don't copy it, but just how she does things, right? And to see where yes. she's at. You're like, that's not good. <laughs> Take the course first, then she'll show you how to do it. Then you're okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I just want to do something quickly before we wrap up. So you also went to Bethel University. So why, what were you doing there? <laughs> I have a degree. I know, isn't that funny? I have a degree in exercise science, actually. So in I was going to maybe be a physical therapist. Oh, um, okay. uh, exercise science. So okay. I actually ended up being a personal trainer, and I coached hockey and did nutrition <laughs> coaching for a while after college. Um, wow. Which, again, it seems unrelated, but I'm telling you, <laughs> you're working one-on-one -on -one with people. You're helping them feel better about yeah. themselves. It's all related. So I look back at the path, and I say, you know what? These are all things that have contributed to this journey mm -hmm. in my life and nothing is disconnected. So yeah, yeah. I have a passion for fitness and yeah. working out and running and biking and stuff like that too. So yeah. But it's amazing that you're able to do that, right? You're not just stuck into one thing. You're able to branch out in different things. Cause I think too, mm -hmm. there's always different facets to us. We have more than one interest. 
You know what I mean? That's yes, true. yes, we love hair, but not everybody wants to do hair 24-7. Sometimes you want to do some other things. Sometimes you want to take your gifts and do them somewhere else. Like I did hair, but I also, you know, helped out with bridal shows and some different events and some things where I could utilize my skills outside the salon and you're, you're more outreaching to different communities, different people and, and that sort of thing. So I'm going to get, get you, Heidi, just to give a shout out again of the link for the Updo Collective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's theupdocollective.com slash hairstylist empowerment podcast. Okay, and where can they find you? Where where can they find you on social media? Yes, so I am at the Updo Collective, and that's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, Pinterest, all the sites. And then my personal um, wedding hair and makeup company is 139 Hair by Heidi. So that's my handle on everything, too, and my website is 139hairbyheidi.com. Oh, amazing. So definitely check it out. So as we wrap up, Heidi, I'm just going to leave with you um, giving some words of empowerment to our audience. Words of empowerment. I think the biggest thing is trust yourself. Look inside. This sounds really cheesy, but dig deep inside. Look at the things that you're passionate about. What do you care about? And just trust that those are the things that you're meant to do and move forward in them. And I know I've had a hard time overcoming fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of disappointing other people in my life. And I, you know, it's a battle that you have to overcome, but it's so worth it. And so just get over the fears that you have and step out in faith, step out in boldness and do what you love because life is just too short not to. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my words of wisdom. Wonderful, wonderful words of wisdom. Yeah. So take heed. If you need to listen to this podcast again and again, even just for the Heidi's words of wisdom, it's well worth it. I thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist, and we'll see you next time. Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to be a guest, just shoot me a message right here on the platform you're listening to. I also wanted to let you know about uh, the Flip Your Wig Summit at Sea. So it's a cruise that we're having where you'll meet my uh, yours truly, me, B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist, and some of the guests that have been on the show. Another hairstylist is a great way to network. Here's some of the stuff you get. So number one, it's on Symphony of the Seas, the world's largest ship, October 12th to 19th, 2019. So basically all you need to do to register, so you just go online, you register, pay your registration, then you can book your cabin. So once you book your cabin, we just need 530 so that's 530 Canadian or 265 a person Canadian um, for, your, for your cabin. But what you get is you get a Central Park balcony cabin, a bottle of red wine per cabin, lunch for two at Jamie Oliver's Italian, a lesson at Casino Royale, your gratuities, your port taxes, government taxes, your meals, your room, um, everything's included. So your meals, your entertainment, 24-hour cafe, Promenade, you get the main dining room, Sorrento's Pizza, Windjammer uh, Buffet. You also get the uh, Dog House, Baidali Cafe, uh, Park Cafe, Solarium Bistro, a local fresh, which was normally a paid restaurant. Now you get it completely free. You can do zip lining, ice skating, rock wall climbing, flow rider, you know, which is your surfing, salsa, hip hop, dance lessons. Uh, you get a private island in the Bahamas, and you also get food already provided for you as well. You get a $50 uh, onboard U.S. dollar onboard credit. So it's all first come, first serve. The, so for the 
uh, balcony cabin based on two people per cabin. It's fourteen ninety nine oh four Canadian. So if you're um, in U.S. funds, it's probably around eleven. Uh, 11 and change. So 14.9904 Canadian, 11 and change uh US dollar. So depending on the rate, it may change slightly. So if you want and you're interested in that, you can book now, just send me a message. Uh you can go on to Summit at Sea on Facebook. Uh join there and you can learn a lot more about it. It's a great for us to kind of get together to network, to join together, to see some great places. Uh, we do. We leave from Miami. We go to Honduras, uh, Rotan, Honduras, um, Pareto, Costa Maya, uh, Cozumel, Mexico, Perfect Day at Coco Cay, Bahamas, and then we're back in uh, Miami. So it's seven nights, eight days on the world's largest ship, Symphony of the Seas, and the main show is Hairspray. So you'll get to see the Broadway cast of Hairspray. How incredible is that? They have some other great shows. So thank you for listening to today's podcast, and I'll see you next time.